Welcome to Stories from the Heart. I'm your host, Sandra McDevitt. Today, the true story of a woman who was unfairly fired from her job and becomes angry and bitter. Stay tuned to see what happens. Does she resolve the anger? And a few thoughts on forgiveness on another story from the heart. I threw the box of my office belongings into the back seat of my car, then climbed behind the wheel and fumbled for my keys. My face burned from the mix of anger and shame inside me. Terminated. I couldn't believe they'd really used that word. I started out at the company as a temp in customer service over four years ago. On the last day of my three-month assignment, one of the department managers asked me to come aboard full-time. You do such a good job, he said. We absolutely can't afford to lose you. I did do good work. I went overboard for customers, even if it meant bending some company rules. I worked through lunch, even came in weekends. If a distributor forgot to call in an order, I snuck it through anyhow, whatever it took to get the job done. Then Shirley, with whom I'd occasionally clashed, was promoted to supervisor. Shirley was the exact opposite of me, a strictly black and white by the book type. She wasn't in her new position five minutes before we got our first memo. Working overtime was against policy. So was working through lunch. And no more end-arounds when it came to procedure. No exceptions, especially for me. Well, I thought, as long as I do my job, what can Shirley do? Plenty, I discovered. One Tuesday, Shirley called me into her office. Judy, she said, we're putting you on three-day suspension for working overtime and taking personal phone calls. Personal calls? Is she joking? Everyone in my department chats on the phone now and then. I bit my tongue, went home and spent three days getting my garden in order. All right, Shirley's made her point. She's the boss. I thought maybe now things would finally settle down. The night before I was due back, Shirley called me at home. Don't bother coming in till one o'clock tomorrow, she said. I didn't ask why, but you know, it didn't sound good. When I arrived there the next day, I didn't even make it to my desk. Shirley called me to her office. I'm sorry, Judy, she said. I'm afraid this is it. You've been terminated. There was so much I wanted to say to Shirley, but I ended up by saying nothing. Furious and hurt, I walked to my office to get my things. My stuff, my books, family photos and certificates of achievement for customer service had already been packed up. Oh, it angered me to think this had all been done behind my back and that everyone else already knew. I picked up the box and headed for the parking lot as quickly as I could. After four years and all my work for the company, and this is how things ended. I put the key into the ignition, started my car, and drove to the unemployment office to file for benefits. Then I headed home and called my friend Carl, who is a lawyer. He would know what to do. I told him everything. How everyone in the department knew I was the hardest worker there, 
and the most dedicated. How Shirley had set her sights on firing me practically the second she got promoted. She targeted me for personal reasons, I told him. It had nothing to do with my job performance. I want to sue. They very likely won't block your unemployment, he said. It's more than that, I shot back. Shirley had it in for me. It's just not fair. She shouldn't be able to get away with it. The more I talked, the angrier I got. You probably have a decent case. We can proceed if you want to. Well, why wouldn't I? Think about what it's going to take. You'll spend the next four months focused on something that makes you very angry. It's not going to be easy. It'll be worth it when I win, I replied. Have you stopped to consider what they will say about you if this does make it to court? No, I could picture Shirley dragging all her rules into it, making me look bad. She'll twist everything around. Let me put it another way. You called me for legal advice, but we're also friends and people of faith. Remember what it says in the Bible. See that none of you repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good. Do you think you're seeing things the way God wants you to see them? Well, how did God want me to see this? Think about it, Judy. We'll talk again. I hung up the phone and looked over at the box of my office things sitting on the couch. I thought of the day when I'd been so anxious to get a customer's order reshipped that I stayed long past closing. Shirley came by. What are you doing here? She asked. Business hours are over. She was right. I'd stayed late to bend the rules for a good customer, and it certainly wasn't the first time. I reached into the box and pulled out the small Bible I kept handy at work. I used to refer to it after one of Shirley's harangues. I thought I was doing a good job, but how did it look to Shirley? She was under a lot of pressure, with a half a dozen people reporting to her. And what would happen if everyone bent the rules? Maybe it would feel differently if I were in Shirley's place. Yet my firing stung. Lord, help me see things from a different perspective, I prayed. Help me get beyond my anger, beyond my hurt. Show me what my next step is. I didn't call Carl back, although I had to fight the urge over the next seven days whenever my anger surfaced, which was often. Think it through carefully, I reminded myself. Do you really want to keep prolonging the situation? One morning, I was studying the want ads, feeling downhearted about my prospects. I started to get mad all over again. I was about to pick up the phone and call Carl when my son asked if I could give him a lift to the technical college where he just started. Sure, I sighed. Maybe I'll sign up for some classes myself. The words just sort of popped into my mouth. That's a great idea, Mom. Yes, a voice inside me seemed to say, Why don't you? That afternoon, I met with the dean and the registrar to work out a last-minute enrollment. Between studying and temp work, there wasn't much time for stewing over Shirley, and I found I had a real passion for my criminal justice classes. Well, today I work in a county detention center, helping prisoners set positive goals and move toward them. Often, there's one thing that stands in the way of a new future for these guys. Anger, the desire to get even. When I meet inmates who are stuck in that rut, 
I'd tell them about a good lawyer I know and some good advice he gave me. A soft anger turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. In Matthew 18, 21 to 22, we read this. Then Peter went up to him and said, Lord, how often must I forgive my brother if he wrongs me? As often as seven times? Jesus answered, not seven, I tell you, but 77 times. Peter here was being just a little bit sanctimonious. I love Peter. He expected the Lord to think that he was being really generous when he offered to do this seven times because the Jewish law of the day only demanded that you forgive a maximum of three times. If you had forgiven someone three times and they still continued to offend you, then you had every right to denounce that enemy in public and to have nothing more to do with them. So Peter thought he was being really good and that Jesus would sort of say, yes, Peter, that's Mm -hmm. really wonderful. Imagine his amazement when Jesus says, no, Peter, that's not enough. 70 times 7 is getting closer. In other words, there is no end to the forgiveness that Jesus asks of us, of our brothers and sisters. So if someone offends us again and again and again and again, Jesus is still saying, go on forgiving. Forgiveness does not ask for explanations, you see. Forgiveness just happens spontaneously. It doesn't insist on justice. In other words, you redress the injustice that you're doing to me, and then I might forgive you. That is conditional and is not the forgiveness of Jesus. Forgiveness simply obeys the demands of love, and a truly forgiving heart forgives instantly and forgives joyfully. So why? Why would Jesus command us to forgive those who have hurt us? Well, theological reasons apart, Jesus loves us so much that he wants us to have the peace of mind which he is willing to give to us. But he knows that when we refuse to forgive, we suffer terribly, often without even being aware of it. Because why? We feel justified, you see, in not forgiving. And we're not aware of the fact that our refusal to forgive is causing a great problem within our own souls and within our own hearts. But you see, not only do we suffer because we're refusing to forgive, the person we are not forgiving suffers because their fault has not been released by our forgiveness. It's very important. We are bound intimately with the person we are refusing to forgive. We are deeply connected with that person even when it's the last thing on God's earth that we want because we don't like that person. But we are bound to them and it is God's way and we will not be free until we free that person. It's refusal to forgive lies in our hearts like a lump of wet cement and wet cement even dry cement is indigestible and it just lies there and it won't go away until we do something about it and it damages our relationship with God and damages our relationship with our brother 
my God, I am heartily sorry for having offended thee, and I detest all my sins because of thy just punishments, but most of all because they offend thee, my God, who art all good and deserving of all my love. I firmly resolve, with the help of thy grace, to sin no more and to avoid the near occasions of sin. Thank you for joining us on Stories from the Heart. Today's true story, A Better Choice, was written by Judy Cordell and published in Guidepost Magazine. The talk on forgiveness was by Deacon Bob McDonald from the Marian Hour Program. Stories from the Heart is recorded in the studios of Ave Maria Radio. To reach me, email Sandra at AveMariaRadio.net. I'm Sandra McDevitt. May God bless the rest of your day. Missed a show? Not sure if it came from Ave Maria Radio? Go to AveMariaRadio.net. A list of shows and hosts are there. And if you find the show you're looking for, you can hear the whole thing again by going through the Ave Maria Radio audio archives. For years, we've recorded nearly every show from Ave Maria Radio. Just click on the audio archives message located at the center of our homepage. Now you even have more reasons to become a radioactive Catholic by going to AveMariaRadio.net.